Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Michelle. And we're bringing you alone, alone together. Well, that's right. Just the two of us. I think you were singing as I came in. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I really shouldn't repeat that though. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Come on, sing for us. I think we're on day ten of the Ianless Free Talk Live. Ian, Ianless Free Talk Live. Yep. Uh, Ian has uh, been in jail for standing in front of a uh, police vehicle that he felt was taking a young woman to jail unjustly, and they gave him ninety days. I'd like to point out this happened well over a year ago, and um, you know they're supposed to bring a misdemeanor to trial within six months here in, in New Hampshire. Apparently, that didn't matter to the uh, judges and all that folk, uh, all those folks. So um, you know, just make what you want of it. Uh, it, it strangely, they they departed from upwards from the sentence that they were supposed to give. Well, I think yeah, been... but to clarify, it was actually it's three hundred and sixty days. That's true, and um, two hundred and seventy of those are suspended. Mm-hmm. Now it's the same sentencing as the district court had recommended three hundred sixty days. Only they were willing to suspend three hundred days, and he would therefore only have to serve sixty. That's right. So it wasn't actually an increased sentence. It was an increase in time. However, did we ever determine whether or not he has to pay the $500 fine? I don't know anything about the $500 okay. fine. Frankly, all I care about is he gets his uh, butt out of jail. He gets over here and gets to work. But <laughs> He should get his whole body out of jail, not just his butt. Well, actually, it's his vocal cords that concern me the most. <laughs> so, And you already said that you... Don't know some of the buttons to push, so I you don't need know. so you need his finger too. <laughs> there are buttons that I don't. His uh, butt, don't his finger, and his vocal cord. Indeed. <laughs> oh uh, my! Well, you know this is free talk live. It, it, you know you can call in and take control of the airwaves. Please and, do. Uh, <laughs> welcome to do such a thing, and we actually have a call on hold already. So let's go to Benjamin in California. Benjamin. Hey guys. What's happening? Is this Benjamin Bartholomew? It is right on. You're going to call and t- you're going to talk to us about a lemonade day, aren't you? I I am How right you on because I can read your mind all the way from here. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say that tomorrow, you know, obviously is Lemonade Freedom Day, uh, very exciting for for many people across the country. Uh, but what I thought was just going to be kind of a cool little thing that was going to happen, at least in my area, has kind of blown up. Awesome. Um, that thrills me because I have been unable to do much of anything with it here. Well, there's supposed well, to be a limited you know, thing going I on here was, tomorrow. I was, uh, you know, I was thinking I was going to do a stand, but I was kind of nervous because of my pending charges. But I thought, okay, maybe I can convince somebody else to do a lemonade stand. I'll kind of support them. And what it's turned into is there are going to be so many lemonade stands tomorrow in our area, awesome. uh, between 10 and 15, maybe 20. Um, that I'm going to spend all day taking pictures and doing video. Um, Robert got, Fernandez uh, is going to be thrilled because he's the one yeah, that got, got this uh, Lemonade Day, uh, Liberation Lemonade Day, you know, going and everything. And, and um, I'm always impressed when people take it upon themselves. And I know I hooked up with like George Donnelly, who did uh, opt out for TSA. And he's really a go-getter also. And, and it's just fantastic when, you know, someone can ignite a fire somewhere and people will uh, run with that. You know, it's great. Well, real quick, let's oh, talk about what Lemonade Freedom Day is so that folks know. And then uh, people are probably going to want to know what you've got charges for too benjamin you can't just go on and say i got charges <laughs> sound like a axe murder or something <laughs> no well lemonade freedom day uh, was started by robert fernandez um kind of as a response to all the kids who've had their uh, lemonades that 
stands shut down. We have video and news articles of kids who set up a lemonade stand, and then some bureaucrat, some thug with a clipboard comes in and says, you can't do this here. There are rules against this. You can't sell things without our permission. I think the most and- recent, the one that was that kind of, that uh, was the catalyst where the two girls, I think they were sisters who were trying to raise money so that they could go to a water park. And it's like, you know, 110 degrees in Georgia right now or something, you know, and miserable. And they were uh, using their own initiative. And um, the police came and said, you don't have a permit. And initially the mom was like, well, you know, they really are trying to, you know, learn some free market stuff and how to work and a work ethic and da-da-da. And um, the police pushed. And um, it's not like she back down she just simply stepped sideways and and uh now is letting the girls like do yard work or something but in any case you know she it wasn't a battle she was willing to take on but certainly robert fernandez and other people you know rejected the idea that that the police and the state have authority over what you put into your body including lemonade well, I think that this is also it, – it shows just how pervasive this idea that the government gives permission to people to do business. I mean the fact is trade is a right. It is a right that I trade, be able to trade with someone else as long as it's voluntary. Nobody's uh, getting coerced here. That's a, that's a right that humans have. And it has gotten to the point that the government decides if or, if you can or cannot with these sort of permits. And if you need permission to do something – it is no longer a right. I mean, that's just the the end story there. So that's well, the idea here. You can get it to you can express it to people easily and just go. You know, if they can tell you, if they can regulate you trans, making a transaction with somebody else with lemonade, what can't they do? Where is the right. line that's drawn? I don't like I to mean, use the word right for that reason because rights, I think, are something that are given to slaves and to children. You know, kind of like privileges. I like the idea that you just have. I, I like liberty because um, sure. so for for me, I don't you know, know, liberty is something that's given to a soldier or somebody who's uh, conscribed. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. rights are, are an indication of ownership. I have the right to drive my car because it is my car. OK, you so, don't have the right to drive, drive my car. Right. Um, but I could give you the liberty. Correct. Okay. I don't know. I, so so we're it's just it's yeah, semantics. semantics, but we've defined our terms here and believe all three of us are on on board with the idea that uh, it's my body. It's my money. And I'm making a voluntary transaction bug off. Right. And you're talking about kids here. <laughs> and mostly they're going after seven, eight, nine, ten year olds that have lemonade stands. It's it's, you know, people are more accepting of the idea that if you open up a, a storefront and sell, you know, lemonade smoothies, lemon smoothies or something like that, that you need to get a, an occupational permit and the health department has to come in and make sure that you've got all the, uh, you know, required pieces of equipment to do such a thing and this, that, and the other. People can accept it for adults, but when it comes to kids, there's this sort of righteous indignation that rises up in people because so many remember having put up these lemonade stands. They're iconic. Well, and I think uh, in this area specifically, uh, we're kind of in a good position because uh, we have everybody from um, the head of the director of the Small Business Administration in this area, a county supervisor, uh, and I think someone else, who are privately subsidizing kids to set a lemonade stand. They're saying, hey, if you set up a lemonade stand, we'll come by and we'll give you 20 bucks. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so so now this is a little, you know, provocative, but what about, you know, calling the police or someone and and asking, you know, if, if those kids have a permit for that? 
Because well, the, the thing I, is, is I want to see, I don't want to see, you know, kids have their lemonades shut down, obviously. But what I do want to see is those um, adults who are standing behind them that provide the, the lemonade and the stand and the, you know, capital for the kids to make change with and everything. I would like them to, to take a position a little bit more strongly than anything we've seen any parents do in the past. You know, parents have just been buckling Going, okay, I'll roll over. At the very least, bring out cameras and confront the bureaucrats. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if any of that's going to happen. I do know that um, one of the kids who's going to start a lemonade stand um, had called up because of the the, the private subsidy offer and set up to have a lemonade stand when uh, they were called back to confirm, hey, get the information and whatnot. The person who answered the phone, the mother, turns out to be a local law enforcement member. And had no idea that their daughter went behind their back to set this up, um, but is going to go uh, is allowing it. I, I do know it was in our local paper. Lemonade stand, uh, lemonade freedom days, and it was in our local paper. Um, I, I even believe the editor for our local paper, his daughter's in a Girl Scout troop that's going to be holding a lemonade stand, and they're going to donate all the proceeds to a local soup kitchen. That's great. So oh, right on. I doubt. I doubt the. I doubt uh, law enforcement will be sticking their foot in their own mouths uh, here, you know. Right, well, and then that's one of the problems. When it makes uh, too big, when it's too big, then you don't have any of the, the confrontation. There's, uh, you know, no ground is, is really, uh, is gained particularly because, you know, the, the day comes, the day goes. I don't know. Are you going to stick around and tell us about that bridge you were standing on? I got another call um, that I've got to take. Benjamin, thanks for the call. Yep, not a problem. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. It's Mark with you. And Michelle. We are on day 10 of the Ian-less Free Talk Live. You can go see what things are happening in the studio at cam.freetalklive.com. There's a chat room there for you if you want to see what's going on and hear what's going on and talk to other people about what's going on on the Internet. It's cam.freetalklive.com. Okay, so you seem to be operating a little slower this August. Well, not me. I'm taking two golden capsules of Nature Bee plant pollen every day. I've been taking Nature Bee consistently for the last 18 months, and I feel better. I sleep better. I have more energy, and my digestive system works better. And now, here's Mike Buck with Nature Bee's Finish Off the Summer with a Bang Plan. Hello there. You know you're right, Mark. I'm telling you, gang. Look, everybody, it's hard to enjoy the great summer weather if you're too tired. And that's where Nature Bee plant pollen comes in from Clean Green New Zealand. It's a power pack. Every single vitamin, amino, mineral, and antioxidant you need all occurring naturally. And what do you get? Better digestion, much better sleep, and the bottom line, which we all need, much more energy. It seems everywhere you look these days, you see bottles and of tablets, bottles of pills and concoctions uh, that, that promise you everything up to the moon. So why should we buy Nature Bee instead of any of those other products, Mike? 
Uh, that's the bottom line, because it works. We stand by that. Now, what other company have you ever heard of giving you what we do? A no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. You can use Nature Bee for a full nine months. If you don't feel the power of our pollen, we promise, you just send back the empty bottles for a 100% full refund. And remember, a giant six-month supply is just ninety nine ninety five plus delivery, three extra months for free, 37 little pennies a day to feel like a million bucks. Why don't you make the toll-free call, and let's prove it to you. one eight six six. 834-8355, all the way to New Zealand, 866-834-8355. Or, of course, it's online, Nature Bee's website, easy to operate, Nature Bee. That's com. You know, uh, as I understand it, Mike, about 90, more than 90% of people that try Nature Bee continue getting Nature Bee, then order it again. Is that right? Yeah, and you know what? Who is going to order and reorder and reorder if it's not working? That's proof in the pudding, gang. It's and obvious. that, no risk. Absolutely. Everyone, be just like me. Don't wait. Get your Nature Bee today. Call 866-834-8355. I'm reordering. I continue to reorder. It's 866-834-8355 or click online at naturebee.com. Let's go straight into the calls with Celestina in Manchester. Celestina? Hey, how's it going? All is well? What do you want to talk about? I also wanted to talk about uh, Lemonade Freedom Day. Okay. I'm really excited because uh, the derby team that I'm on, the Manch Vegas Roller Girls, are all going to be participating in it tomorrow. Awesome. Nobody's no nobody's going to mess with a roller derby team that's selling lemonade. <laughs> I hope not. Well, are you and, uh, are you girls going to be out there like in your you know short shorts and your shirts and and doing it yourselves, or do you have some yeah, kids? Absolutely. No, we're going to be doing it ourselves. We're actually having a car wash tomorrow and. Uh, Thought we, you know, I, I suggested that we add a little bit of activism to it. Awesome. And uh, you know, this is partially a shameless plug because, like I said, we're having the car wash and the lemonade stand. And yeah, don't worry, most of the people listening aren't in Manchester, New Hampshire, and won't be coming by. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case somebody is, it's at the Beauty Saloon at seven twenty-seven Mass Road in Manchester. So, tell me about these uniforms that, that that you guys gals have. I have not seen. I don't know nothing about this roller derby team. What's the name of it? Uh, Manch Vegas Roller Girls. Okay, uh, I think maybe maybe I've heard heard of them because uh, there are roller derby seems to be kind of coming alive here in this area. I don't know if it is well, around the nation. You know, when I came from I came up from Nashville, and a, a girlfriend of mine, Susan, she is on a uh, roller derby team, and they like have gone to nationals and they travel all over, and and it's pretty, you know, they're pretty hardcore. It's getting popular. Yeah, yeah. again, it was popular yeah, when I was a kid. Big. I think there's I think there's like four or five teams now in New Hampshire. And and where do you guys play? I mean, do you have uh, what roller rinks? I mean, it could only be my assumption. It's the new rave of you know. It must be <laughs> the decade. Um, we have our home games at the Westside Arena. That's during our off season. I mean, during their off season because the rest of the time it's covered in ice. Gotcha. Okay. Well, cool. Well, but, good uh, luck with the, uh, the 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 Lemonade Freedom Day Lemonade Stand and you're gonna slash post pictures, Car Wash. Right. You're going to post pictures Thanks, and everything, but, um, right? I just wanted to say that my point in calling is I think it's so awesome that everybody was so outraged over this that, like, an entire group of people that, you know, aren't the FST are going to participate in this activism. That yes. is. I mean, it's a ridiculous thing. I, 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 and thanks for organizing it, Celestina. Hey, no problem. It'll All be right. fun. Let's go to Aaron in Ohio. Aaron? Hey, guys. What's going on? What's happening? Okay, so Michelle Bachman just recently won the Ohio, um, not the Ohio, but Michelle the Bachman's Iowa. an idiot. Really? You're going to make me talk about her? Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. no. 
I can't believe it. You're going to depress me. I'm hungry. I'm a little bit grouchy, a little bit tired, and you're just going to like sink me, buddy. It is talk radio, Michelle. Okay. <laughs> Go well, for it's it. Actually not about, it's actually not exclusively about here. It's about this other guy. But uh, anyway, he just <laughs> recently won the Ohio straw poll last week. In- and the and- Iowa Ames, Ames uh, straw poll, too. That's what I meant. That's what I said. Okay. I'm going to start if I mispronounced. Um, but um, there was this guy that she was working with called Peter Waldron, who is responsible for help getting Christian voters on her side. Okay. And there is this really disturbing article about him, about his, uh, a little bit about his, about his past, that i got to say is just really, really makes it, that really, this guy is just really disturbing, and it makes uh, the fact that Michelle Bachman would trust this guy makes even her seem more disturbing. So I don't know anything about him. You're going to have to tell me. Oh, that, that's what I'm going to do. I just thought I just fought for food here. Um, so Waldron uh, was in um, Uganda, Uganda, which is a country in the Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, You've heard of it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the, he, yeah, okay, he was posing as a CIA agent over there. Of course, he's not one. Okay, get that clear. And he was working with the uh, government to help pass uh, legislation that would. Uh, make being homosexual uh, punishable by the death penalty. Yeah, they've had some problems with that over um, o- over there, that they, they can be very hostile towards uh, homosexual people in some African countries. Yeah, and and this guy was working with the government, working with like a high-ranking, I don't know that the government, like high-ranking people, like a pastor or something, over to help promote this bill. And during while he was doing, helping uh, helping uh, promote this, he was arrested by the, arrested over there for um, possessing, for, for illegal possession of assault rifles, um, ju- just days before the country's first multi-party election, election in two decades. And basically, this guy, and he was basically arrested. He was charged with terrorism and spent some time in jail there. But uh, the uh, apparently the uh, the Bush administration intervened and had him set free in 2002. So now he's over here in America working. He helped. He's now working with Michelle uh, Michelle Bachman in some way uh, and helped her to secure Christian voters for her uh, campaign. Which is the fact that this guy has a very disturbing history. The fact that he wanted he helped support a bill that would make that would basically in a country where. Punishing where the crime for being homosexual is punishable by death. Death, yeah. And this, yeah, and this guy supported that. Now he's working with Michelle Bachman, a woman who is basically trying this terrible, disgusting human being who wants to take away gay rights oh, from places where they have them and keep other places from ever getting them. You know, she wants to ban pornography. I mean, she's basically just yes. another... P- pornography person. in general. I, I'd like, I, you know, this is the other part that people, you know, they get all upset about the, the gay thing with uh, Michelle Bachman, but, you know, so yeah. many people don't realize how their lives would be affected by this. How many people look at porn online right. and what would Michelle Bachman do to, want to do to you? And you don't have to call her disgusting to be able to annihilate her arguments. You know what I mean? So let's get to that. Well, hold the line here, Aaron. We'll get back to you. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-three. 
It's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Michelle. Um, un- uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. I get it. As a matter of fact, I get it twice a day. I don't know if there's two uh, two ways to sign up or whatever, but uh, it's freedomsphoenix.com. Check out uh, the shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. There we have uh, many dozens of pictures of ladies who have sent in photos proving that they listen to Free Talk Live in some way, shape, or form. Not a beauty contest, just a way that uh, program directors can see that, well, in fact, lovely ladies do listen to Free Talk Live. It's uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Aaron in Ohio. Aaron? Yeah, still here. So, uh, Michelle, you wanted to say something about Michelle Bachman uh, to, to Aaron? Well, I'll just, you know, rather than call her disgusting, let's talk about the stupid things she says and um, her behaviors as opposed to just her as a person. I just I just prefer to do that because, you know, ad hominems are just not helpful. In, Sometimes in, they're faster, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, so are you familiar with the... Um, her claim while she was here in New Hampshire. What I love about New Hampshire and what we have in common is our extreme love for liberty. You're the state yeah, where the right. sh- you're the state where the shot was heard around the world in Lexington <laughs> and Concord. Uh, no, that was Massachusetts. That yeah, wasn't. I, that was no, 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 no. I kind of Come feel on. like that one's almost understandable. I mean, I I certainly made it in my life at one point or another. Granted, I was younger. And you weren't <laughs> running for president. And you weren't but in that's the, the state thing is, of New Hampshire. When you're running for president, so many of the things that you say are going to be heard. Go on. Give me another no, one. No, no, no. Okay, so let's get back to our caller. And then, and then I'll just intersperse with my, um, my, my idioms here. Aaron? Yeah, well, all I could say is that uh, Michelle Bachman having this Peter Walden, Waldron guy on uh, helping her and the things that he was caught doing in a... Uganda. I gotta say, I just, I, it really, I don't know. I don't think it would hurt Michelle Bachman, but there's something about her that the fact that she would trust this guy for what he used to do, that just makes me say, uh, no, no, yeah, no, you stay away from me. <laughs> I've got to say yeah. that it's 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 particularly creepy that she has a guy that uh, was somehow you know crusading to see a gays killed in Uganda. Yeah, um, yeah that's to, to me uh, particularly well, icky. And you know, I don't know. I'm. I'm a Christian, and so the fact that there is someone that is calling for the murder of uh, of people in the name of Christ just repulses me. You know, I'm the, a Quaker, so I know. Right. So you know, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna go with the the Christian perspective that you know Jesus died for all your sins, all of them, and that He said that the law is has been fulfilled, all of the law has been fulfilled, and that you know everything can be summed up in two things: love God with our, all your heart, soul, and mind; love your neighbor as yourself. There, it doesn't say anything about judging. Nothing. We are not to judge. And so you know, even if even if you believe that that homosexuality or promiscuity or whatever sexual sin, it, that that kind of behavior is sin. 
Well, it um, it's defined as being sin against your own body. So there's it's different than all than theft or or murder or abuse in any way. And it's really no one's business. Sin is sin too. Yep. So they say, uh, you know, coveting your neighbor's uh, wife or his his car or whatever. This is and the things that everybody does on a pretty regular basis. Normal right. sins are just as bad or whatever as homosexuality. I would put sins of uh, against your neighbor in the sense of you know committing crimes in a higher level. That's my personal aspect. But the Bible sure. doesn't say that. It just says that sin is sin. And it's really clear that you should remove the plank from your own eye before you yes. go after that moat in somebody else's. Absolutely. So, um, Aaron, so- thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. Uh, Sacral toll-free call-in line. So she actually also... Um, thought that it was interesting that back in the 70s when the swine flu initially broke out that it that it was under another democrat (laughs) (laughs) she thought it was an interesting coincidence (laughs) oh god right not only not only is aids a punishment for being gay it's a punishment for having a democratic president oh my yeah what are you gonna do with that yeah but um so, you know, are you going to be voting? I probably, yeah, I'm, I, I likely will vote for, uh, I, will pro- I certainly vote in the primary. Uh, when it comes to the presidential election, you know, and you're going to give me the choice between a warmonger A and warmonger B, I'm going to have a very difficult time choosing between those. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I basically uh, traded my vote uh, the last time and I will likely do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are you going to do? So you'll be voting for Ron Paul in the primary? Likely. I'll mm-hmm. vote for Ron Paul in the primary mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, or Gary Johnson or something like that. Uh, Gary's campaign doesn't seem to be getting uh, um, any legs underneath it, whereas the Ron Paul campaign just won the uh, the Ames, Iowa straw poll. And that gives me that heartens me. He shouldn't have way. been. He should have been rude to me. He, he would be doing better now. You think so? Almost... Apparently you believe in voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> what was the story that you uh, did you wanted to get into? Here? Oh, yes. The West uh, West Memphis three. Um, are you familiar with these three gentlemen who back when they were 16, 17, 18 years old, they were arrested for the torture and murder of three eight-year-old boys who were Cub Scouts? I do remember this story. They're now, um, they're now grown men and they are to be set free. Um, it's a little interesting how this is coming about. Um, despite there being no DNA evidence at the site, in fact, there was DNA hairs and things like that of other people, but not of these three. Okay. Um, so there was nothing to con- to connect them to the crime. They were arrested and they've served um, 17 years in prison. One of the gentlemen is actually has actually been on death row. So what has happened is they are being set free on um, uh, what is known as a da, 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 what is it called? Um, it's a plea deal, essentially. Okay. And how it comes about is if you um, are innocent of something and the state believes you to be innocent of that. However, if you were to be tried in a court, the jury, there's, you know, you believe that the jury would still find you guilty. Sure. Then, then you go ahead and you accept this plea. Is that a no low contendere? No, it's not a no low contendere. It's the state the Something or another. I'm going to have to okay. find it here in a second. Sorry, it disappeared from me. But well, um, I, it, I don't trust juries myself, frankly. I mean, you know, if they, they're, they're really, they seem to be hit or miss. 
Right. Well, I mean, we saw that with with Ian, how they, he was found not guilty of um, the uh, uh, he's found guilty of the the police interference. Right. The obstruction not- of, of the police. But he was found not guilty of. Uh, uh, frankly, I, I think the jury found the only way the jury could find in that way. It's what the judge did that I that bothered me so much. I think that uh, Ian had an opportunity to preach to 12 people. It took that opportunity. Um, he believes in not taking plea deals. I'm sure, you know, when it, the, the prosecutor rightly um, and, you know, he's doing his job, pointed out that, look, every, if every time somebody disagrees with what the police are doing, whether it's for a political reason or a personal reason, they stand in front of a pop, cop car. We're going to have a lot of people standing in front of a lot of cop cars and cops aren't going to get anything done. And it'll be chaos. And, and, you know, brings it on down, brings down fire and brimstone. And well, what else could the jury do? Right. I mean, that's all I could see. I, I'm not saying I like the idea that Ian was found guilty. I'm just saying that, that it seemed like a reasonable course of events as things went by. What I have the biggest problem with is that, A, the judge let a case be brought um, in front of him, uh, just dismissed the whole speedy trial argument when the case was more than twice the length of the speedy trial. Uh, the, the the explanations were, were, were stupid. Duh, we didn't know. It wasn't our fault. It was essentially the... Um, the, the the defense of the prosecution right. and the secondly, prosecution had a horrible uh, closing argument and, and closing statements as well. Secondly, um, the, the the judge departed above about fifty percent above the sentence that was previously right. handed down by a lower court. I, I found that to be despicable. Why for a jury trial? Really? So this is called the Alfred plea. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Go check out the website at freetalklive.com where we've got the sh- where we've got shop.freetalklive.com if you uh, do some shopping online whether it's at Newegg or Amazon please go through shop.freetalklive.com in that way not only do you get the same prices you get the same great service all the things that you expect from these great retailers but free talk live gets a little spiff too it's shop.freetalklive.com have you ever wondered how they could possibly fix the debt crisis in Washington Jeff Marone, a Harvard economist, makes it real clear what the problem is and proposes a solution. Go see this video and several others of, that I've picked out at learnliberty.org slash FTL. Uh, this, this video is oh, it's about a minute and a half long. There's not much to see there but it, um, in the sense that it's, it's short, but it's really succinct and he gets the point out very quickly and encapsulates in a way that you can transfer to other people. You can uh, like it on your Facebook, as a matter of fact, and uh, all your friends can see it. When you're there at learnliberty.org slash FTL, check out the 
Learn Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. So as I was saying, um, these three now grown men um, accepted this plea deal, the Alford plea, which is rarely used agreement that recognizes the imperfection of the legal system that's claimed. And basically what they do is they um, uh, they say that they're guilty, even though the state says that they're not, they're not actually exonerated, but they are set free. And um, it's on account of the, the belief that there's no way that a jury would find them um, innocent, even, you know, that, even if they are. So, excuse me, the, um, one of the fathers uh, of the three boys who were murdered um, was very upset and said that he believes that three men are innocent and that releasing them without exonerating them is a crime and an, and an well, outrage. How, I guess, how, how do you exonerate somebody um, without them being willing to take it to trial? I, I had a similar situation like this come up in my case. I was released by a ruling of the Florida Supreme Court from um, I was in prison for uh, eight years and seven months of my life for a secondary murder charge. And by a ruling of the Florida Supreme Court, I was very close to release. Essentially, they, uh, you know, a ruling that they made shortened my sentence by a great deal. And I had the option of either going to work release or taking my case back to trial. I had had a, um, you know, new evidence that I could introduce my co-defendant saying that uh, my participation was uh, minimal or whatever. And um, essentially, I had that in a sworn affidavit that was notarized and all that other stuff. I've got it somewhere. I don't know where it is, frankly. <laughs> it's at my mom's house. Um, but I've got, you know, I had the choice. Do I want to go back to trial and sit in jail? Oh, maybe two years, maybe a year while they get around to finally pulling this court case up and then taking the chance of uh, sitting in front of a jury and having them, you know, dredge up a decade old information and try to figure this stuff out, hash this stuff out. Or do I want to just go to work release, do six months there and then be out? I'm going to take the plea. That's right. what I did. Right. And one of the uh, three gentlemen was up for, uh, he was on death row. on yeah, account right. of this. And so, you know, it was a little bit of cost benefit analysis for the other two. Sure. Um, and uh, so in any case, they're free. And this was, this was some, something that was supported by like Eddie Vedder and Johnny Depp. So it got a lot of publicity, lot of pe- beca- publicity you know, because yeah. of that. And, um, and the three, you know, gentlemen that are being freed said, you know, look at all of the time and the money that's been wasted on our trial and on our imprisonment and nothing's been done to to uh, look for the actual murders of right, the three and that, boys. That's what happens when they, you know, they, they pick the wrong guy. They're not looking for the, the, the right people. Right. Um, let's go to Ty in Tennessee. Ty? Hey, good evening. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that uh, I believe it was Frank called in last night about Ron Paul. Okay. And he made a, he made a mention about something that to the effect that the uh, measure of Ron Paul's effectiveness would be uh, measured by how much legislation he has done. And I think that's actually backwards. I think the fact that Dr. No is in Congress and has the record for voting no more than any man in U.S. history is actually uh, a better measure of his effectiveness. You know, the Code of Federal Regulations is so large that if it fell on a man, it would crush him. Oh, yeah. How many laws does this nation need? Beyond, you know, the non-aggression principle, what laws do we really need? 
So why do we need professional legislators creating new laws every year? That, that that does seem to be what they, but you know, the legislators. So they legislate, right? Um, I you know I would much rather have a legislator that unlegislated, frankly. But I you know, and also, why if you were Ron Paul, why would you spend all this time writing all this legislation that you know is going to be shot down, rather than putting all your will and effort behind the Federal Reserve re- legislation that he's put out on a couple on quite a few uh, situations? I remember Ron Paul actually led a lawsuit, and the federal government said that a U.S. representative didn't have standing um, in this case. I mean, you know, like he was he was one of several people on it, so citizens and legislators didn't have standing on this lawsuit who the heck has standing so i mean yeah. you know ron paul's been been uh, kicked down the stairs so many times by these people I, it doesn't surprise me that he doesn't spend his time writing legislation that they can ignore exactly you know so i just think that i think frank had it wrong as far as the effectiveness of a legislator or a congressman is not gauged upon the legislation they create but the impediments that they remove well, at the same time, he was extolling the virtues of a Santa, um, uh, what is it, um, uh, McKinney, uh, whatever her first name is. I, it's, it's yeah, yeah, the Green Party, uh, the Green Party. And uh, as, as, as I recall, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm a uh, Cynthia is her name. I can't I can't say I'm an expert on Cynthia McKinney or anything like that. But I I seem to recall her putting in some really bat s crazy stuff like she's a, like a tried tried and true died in the wool socialist and i'm not interested in the what um and by, by socialist i mean she believes the government owns the means of production now frankly some people will call me on this and it's it's really true i believe that anybody be- who believes in a monolithic top-down mon- uh, monopolistic state is a socialist because if somebody can tax me as a business or tax me as an individual on property that I own, whether that's uh, real estate or whether it's the labor that I have, then they, in fact, do own the means of production. If they can tax me on my land and take my land away because I don't pay them a, a quit rent or uh, what, what are they, uh, you know, some kind of uh, – um, tithe to the, the 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 Lord or whatever they want to call this thing, then they must own the land. And so, therefore, if they own the land, and, and many states have, by the way, uh, taxes on you know, the capital that you have as far as uh, you know equipment and things when you're in business, then they own the means of production. If they own the means of production, then they're it's a socialist government. So, therefore, most governments that we've seen in this world have been socialist, and. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think we need more of that, and I think Cynthia McKinney is is yeah, more I, of that. I think that any any governance that goes beyond the protection of uh, property rights is by necessity going to be socialist and actually detrimental to society in the long run. But don't you think it's exciting that there are two women running together, a president and vice president ticket? They're of Afro descendant. You know, <laughs> I mean, these are was, the guys. that was 2008, though. Pardon me. That was 2008. Cynthia McKinney ran. I don't know if she's going to run again. 
Right, but I thought that's what you were, whom you were talking we, about. We, we were. I mean, it's it's okay. exciting. I guess, you know, so this is what I've said about Barack Obama as the candidate, and and some people take it harshly, that's and it's, it's not intended to People get hung up be. on those things. Oh, right. but it's a woman, and they're black. Right, and, and that's this. the thing, is the very best thing to me about Barack Obama is he's black, which is a really sad thing to say My about somebody. My kids are more black than, <laughs> than he is, though. He's only 16% black. My yeah. kids are blacker than he is, but, but you, to look at their skin, you would think that they are... More, f- I mean, Perce- they're more fair than I am. Race so. tends to be a perceptual thing, sadly, yeah. and um, you know, yeah. I mean, what? Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say that that's really the bottom line. I just wanted to say, as far to to Frank, that I don't think a congressman's value is measured in the legislation that they produce because there is just far too much useless legislation produced, and the legislation that Ron Paul has introduced has been to end tyranny, tyrannical behavior. He's, you know, wanting to to shed shine light on the Fed. And that is really the big beast that holds the United States in bondage. Thanks, Ty. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you're talking about, I, I, I'm glad that Barack Obama, that somebody was elected who is African American, so that it can be proven that this this sort of thing can be done. I would have preferred to see somebody like Herman Cain or Alan Keyes even would have been better, uh, or uh, uh, Colin Powell or any of these guys. I think would have been a better choice, frankly. Uh, you know, when when you're talking about a guy's color, something he can't control versus his mind, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a sad state yeah. of affairs. Free Talk Live, eight fifty five four fifty free. That's 855-450-3733, the SACL toll-free call-in line. Give us a call. It's Mark. And Michelle. Take control of the airways on Free Talk Live. Till then, we're going to do a little, little show prep about, well, a disturbing story out of Alameda County. This is being reported in examiner.com out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, But it's in Alameda. An Alameda County medical marijuana patient is reeling after sheriffs raided his garden and threatened to kill his pet dog today. Joseph, and this, by the way, is uh, from July 21st, so it's it's not exactly in the newest story, but I, I think that it, it goes to show kind of what's been happening around the United States in these raids that occur um the fact is that there uh, oh, i can't remember what the there was a like just like a raid in the united states every 40 seconds oh my god i mean it, it's incredible <laughs> money 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 and that's what it seems to it's it's all about because these curching, raids curching. almost almost never are for you know guys that are holed up in there holding some little girl with a gun to her head or something right. like that almost never are they for anything but drugs. It's all about drugs, drugs, drugs. Well, and it's not just drugs. I mean, they're not going up into the mountains of Appalachians and getting the uh, the crank, 
you know, manufacturers, they're going into uh, people's people who have medical marijuana needs and, and busting them or or, you know, mostly I don't think pot, they're scared. Mostly pot. I don't think they're scared of the meth dealers and the meth uh, producers. I think they'd love to go in their houses if they knew where they were. Um, but I, I, they go wherever they can go as far as getting somebody, um, you know, who's who's got something. And in this case, they went after Johnny Jason Rivera, a paraplegic who suffers from severe chronic pain. Uh, and I mean, he's paraplegic. This happens, right? Like they're, yeah. they, they can't control the rest of their body. They have chronic pain in those areas. Uh, he was detained by sheriffs presenting a warrant at his recording studio. The warrant was based on the tip of an anonymous informant. Which I, I just love that mm-hmm. uh, that you don't in the United Gutless. States you don't have to you don't have to face your accuser uh, you don't get to face your accuser even though that's constitutional right uh, recounting the statements of deputies on the scene uh, this is Rivera recounting the statements as sheriffs ex- executed the warrant at the studio one asked Rivera about searching his home Rivera says the deputy threatened to kill his dog if he didn't cooperate oh my god we can do this the easy way. Or you can take you can take us to to your house and look around. Oh yeah, I'm not supposed to use the country accent when I talk about cops. I'm supposed to use the the uh, Hollywood German accent. We can do this the easy way. You can take us to your house to look around. Rivera recounts the deputy saying, "Or we can detain you for six hours while we get a warrant to go to your house, and I will shoot your dog." The killing of family pets by SWAT officers during marijuana raids has generated numerous headlines recently. By numerous, they mean dozens and dozens, because uh, this seems to be the activity, the way the way that it's done. Uh, you know, so there's there's sort of this um, the, the, there's this aspect that one can understand, which is if cops are busting into houses and there's some kind of a t- big attack dog in there, I, you, you can see why they have to quote unquote protect themselves. They don't. They shouldn't be there in the first place. They shouldn't be there. But they're in the being first told place. by their their masters to uh, their their the their paymasters to go in there and do that. And obviously they're going to. They have the cloak of legitimacy behind behind them as uh, as government officials. So they're going to shoot the big nasty dog. But there are so many instances where they're just executing dogs. In one case, they shot a. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a corgi that was in a crate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. <laughs> You're a corgi, the the attack corgi that's in a cage. I'm sorry for laughing. I know. I mean, well, it's supposed to be a little. It's it's funny because it's ludicrous. Um, yeah. and they've been doing these things, shooting in houses. In one case, there uh, there was one where they're right next door to a child's, right next the next room over yeah. from a child sleeping. So they're shooting into uh, actually tile flooring. Which is throwing up shrapnel. It could have easily gone through the wall and, uh, you know, hit the kid in the eye or killed him or something like that. And these are these are the irresponsible ways that they're doing this. And cops, a lot of them, especially SWAT team members, can be adrenaline junkies. And they want the reaction that they get from killing your dog. That way they can do something about it. Right. And if you recall the Ruby Ridge incident back in 92, Randy Weaver and his family, um, it was... The killing of this teenage boy's dog, which incited him to, you know, like, you killed my dog and kind of run after him. And they shot him, too. Oh, they shot They shot his wife and baby right in the doorway also, for doing right. nothing. Right. I mean, it, this was uh, this was a massacre. And 
you know, I mean, granted, I guess they were under they were being watched because Randy Weaver had done something illegal, which is apparently sawing the bar- barrel off of a shotgun and then selling it to a federal agent. But but that okay, that's allegedly, go, and it was like an eighth of an inch. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, that's all they. Yeah, that's what they do. They mm-hmm. do ridiculous things. But that doesn't mean I don't think any Americans should would say that your family deserves to be you know halfway wiped out because you've. You know, sold a shotgun that was sawed off to a federal agent in a sting. Mm-hmm. And if they wanted to get the guy, they should have just swept him right then. But this is what the government does. They let people go so they can find them doing more and more things and pile the charges up. And that is immoral. That's not what we've asked them to do as a society. If we've asked them to do anything, it's to protect us from the bad people. And so go get them when they do something bad. Don't let, don't leave them go to do more bad things. Speaking of, Police. Um, my youngest son was once again had, a, had an encounter. No, oh, he's lucky that way. <laughs> he sure is. This time he was at Dublin Lake and he was swimming. Um, you know, the, he was he was trespassing. There were about six or six to eight kids. Should and, they not have been and, at Dublin Lake? Um, they were at the private aspect d- club. Okay. You know, no one's there. It's like eleven, ten o'clock at night. I guess it was. Okay. And um, there's. There's access to a um, a slide out, you know, about 50 feet off. An attractive slide. Yeah. And so they go and they sneak and and um, and my son also toilet papered a tree and um, the cops came and, you know, they all kind of scattered. As they would be wont to do in that circumstance. Sure. And um, so my son was handcuffed and body slammed and put into the back of uh, the squad car. And um, there were two cops, one of whom is the one that continues to, you know, visit my house and my family and give me tickets and things and tow my vehicles, et cetera. And he was being good cop in this case. And the other one told him to shut his effing mouth. And um, did he want um, to be smacked and, you know, like verbally threatened and everything. And um the Any other- cop, uh, by the way, if this was caught on, I mean, <laughs> uh, no I one caught was, this on video. Of course, it would be but, on their surveillance video if they have it. Well, on, but, yeah, anyway. but they don't have the audio. Um, right. uh, you know, <laughs> that being said, as far as I'm concerned, a cop should lose his job over that. Sure, absolutely. I mean, should, should never work as a police officer I've, again. Right. So, so my son's there, going, yeah, no, you can't do that to me. Yeah, no, I know my rights. And so the, so the cop just completely, basically just spun him. And I know how badly, I, like, he can incite me to rage. I can only, and he loves me. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how he um, frustrated this cop who, uh, you know, walked away and just like, I've had it. And uh, the, they, the other cop, you know, pulled him out and took his handcuffs off. And Faisal went and cleaned up the, the mess and, you know, that from the toilet papering. But... You know, a toilet papering of a tree. I, I, you know, I'm. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. It, they I'm call not it saying, vandalism. Yeah, I mean, it's it. it it's irritating, so and it's it, but it's he a, should clean it. He should have to clean yeah, it up. There's absolutely. no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're talking about sort of traditional pranks that kids sure. pull. Right. I don't. I mean, this isn't. No one's harmed here. It's it's kind of. Uh, well, not only know, that, the cops little, knew. Knew where he lived, they and they know me. So why would they just not bring him the three blocks and say, "We just got your kid on trespassing," and and he drew the paper to tree. So you know, unacceptable and blah blah blah. And you you need to ground him or something like that. That'd probably be a little bit more appropriate. 
you know, the, you know, the trespassing the, thing, if you're going to put an attractive slide out in the middle of a lake where, uh, you know, young, where teen, young people are going to want to go to it, you need to secure that thing. Well, not only that, but because he went to Dublin school, he was, they were able to use that property all year long. So, so he has some kind of, uh, so s- just now, sort of I guess, eminent domain not- claim on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line. It's Mark. And Michelle. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know that at some point a new currency will take over. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Right now, bitcoins are moving upward. It's weusecoins.org. I'm making money. How's that? Well, I'm short the S&P. You're shorting the S&P, meaning that you believe that American businesses are um, likely heading towards the, uh, the potty? No, meaning that there were five waves down for an obvious correction against the move up. And okay. so, <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't, I, you know. Isn't that what you do too? But, but aren't you on short on the dollar also? Um, I've been buying silver, okay, but I don't really trade currencies okay. in the market. So I just pretty much do the S and P. I used to do. And this bonds, is kind of what, what you do for a living, right? It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, so we've seen uh, recently the all of the highs, uh, all of the uh, gains in the last couple of years completely be taken away. So in the stock market, yeah. Yeah, um, and now, I guess there's been a, a reasonably good day today, but I mean, I, I the, the fact no, is... it's down today. I, I, I'm just an amateur. One. Well, the, there have been some days recently where it's been down hundreds. Well, the Dow was down 172.93. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah, I trade the S&P and it was down 17 points. Not good. Right, so it's down to 11.23, which hasn't seen, we haven't seen, uh, I mean, it closed at 11.20 or whatever, um, less, not last week or something like that for one day and then rebounded. But if you take a look at a, if you take a look at a, a chart, it's, it looks like a, you know, like a heartbeat or, or a, a labor, you know, a baby's contraction, you know, it, they're just waves. They go up, they go down, they go up and you can definitely tell what looks like a healthy, you know, it's progressing and it's, it's moving forward. You can tell the difference between a healthy heartbeat. But when it jumps up, short it, cause it'll go down. Um, I well yeah sure that makes sense right that, that makes sense right now there, okay. there are some there are some un, there are some unhealthy I don't things. even know enough to ask what questions to ask on this Michelle I mean I pretty I much stay away people, from stocks if people want to short right now as long as they're using good risk management and they're using discretionary money I would definitely be shorting 
um, the the market now. Definitely. Okay, so I've got an article here that's slightly related to what you're saying. It's called A Middle Class Annihilation One Penny at a Time. Mm. 64% of Americans do not have adequate savings for an unexpected $1,000 expense. The crushing blow to income and household wealth. The uh, American middle class is furious, and this is reflected in how people perceive their failed government, but also as a financial system that has largely profited from the failures of millions. A recent Gallup poll shows that only 13% of Americans actually approve of Congress and the way that they're handling their job. This is a record low. It's generally pretty low when it comes to Congress anyway. <laughs> people mm-hmm. people don't like politicians as a class. They tend to like politicians as individuals at times, though. The president will always do better than Congress because there's a face on the president, whereas Congress is 535 people that they know are ripping them off. Of course, the financial system uh, for those too big to, to fail banks is doing just fine thanks to years of a, accommodative policy taxpayer bailouts and politicians that basically collect payroll checks from HR departments of these large financial institutions, as we have noted. Um, And the media fails to report the average per capita income of the United States is around $25,000. What is even more disturbing is that a recent poll found that, I think that this is the most important part of this article, 64% of Americans would not be able to shoulder even an unexpected expense of $1,000. If a transmission on a car goes down or an additional medical expense hits, it'll cost well over $1,000. This is simply another reflection of how the crushing collapse of the middle class will not be televised. I think that this is – this is um, I, I, you know, I've lived this way. I absolutely have lived this way. But right now with the economy the way it is, you really need to have some money and savings, whether it's uh, yeah. in, in Federal Reserve notes – I don't recommend that. I think that you need to have a certain amount in Federal Reserve notes mm-hmm. just to, as liquid. But sure. to me, I'd much rather have stuff in gold and silver. It depends on how Six quickly you're going to need it. Six months of savings is just standard that everyone should always have that. It, it, and I would put that in something like gold or silver personally because I've, I would want to see it hold its value rather yeah. than continuing to diminish in value, which is, seems to be what's happening. Uh, you know, I mean, there's wait until people start. I mean, like we're starting to see here in New Hampshire, you know, as I've moved east, of course, you know, Tahoe and, and San Diego saw the um, the market declining in real estate and then, you know, moved to, you know, Park City, Tennessee. And as I've gone east, the, the market has also um, started to go you know down that way as well. California's, you know, front runner on and trendsetter on on um, all things, and uh, in any case, a year ago when I moved here, there were hardly any homes for sale at all. And then how I knew that was because I was actually going and looking for a rental, mm-hmm. and so I would go and 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 search out homes that had been on the market for sale for you know 150 days or something, and say I approached them to ask if they would like to rent their place. That's how I'd found places in the past. There wasn't a lot for sale. Now, not only is there a lot for sale, but there are auctions and foreclosures yeah. just in record number. And um, as we start to see more and more of that and people getting upside down on their mortgages and then losing their jobs and the increase uh, tax burden, et cetera, and foods, you know, tripled. Um, it, it's tripled in the last 10 years. It's tripled in price again in the last few months. And then with the food shortages that are going to occur on account of, you know, the low rainfall in Russia and the 
you know, minnow that was saved in the Sacramento Delta. There's also been know. low rainfall in, in certain areas in the United States, and they're yep. expecting a, a, a record low corn harvest this year. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not saying that, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they predict these uh, food shortages and things like that. I, I, I actually just predict increase in prices. Um, but, you know, for here in the United States, there okay, are so places where these things affect people much worse. So even you mean inflation. So we're going to need a, a dump truck to go get a loaf of bread. That kind no, of thing? I'm, I'm, I don't think we'll need a dump truck to get a loaf of bread in the next year. It doesn't seem like the economy is uh, t- teetering like that. I, mm-hmm. I think if you want my prediction of what will happen is that the U.S. dollar will flounder. It'll go into a crisis. They'll jump in immediately with a plan that they likely already have. The to, feds. To the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. um, will jump in to introduce a new currency. They'll probably trade it out at between a hundred to one or ten to one to twenty like to one. Like the Amero or something. I, you know, I the Amero is kind of a loaded term, mm-hmm. but yeah, basically the Amero. They, Canadian, Mexican, and United States currency. I don't think that it will necessarily. Even though we're seeing the euro fail. I don't think it'll necessarily be a combined currency because why would the Federal Reserve share with Canada and Mexico when they don't have to? What mm-hmm. they just do is change out the dollar um, in you know in format somewhere or another. They're constantly trying to screw with it. They're always putting out new dollars and stuff like that. I don't think they can keep these balls in the air much longer though. Mm-hmm. And so, so what happens then? You say your prediction is well once the, once they introduce the new currency, people say, "Oh, this one's pretty," and it it. it uh, <laughs> It, it it puts a it throws a stop block in their uh, policy. They they act uh, more conservatively towards the, the the economy for a period of time, and then they go back to their same old business again. Mm-hmm. I just that's that's just a prediction. I don't know. Right. I mean, but I don't think we're going to be. I I don't think we're going to have an eat the dog kind of collapse here in the United States. I do. Free talk live. I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453, the SACL toll-free call-in line. Michelle, tell me about the Free State Project. What's it mean to you? Well, the Free State Project is the reason I moved to New Hampshire. Uh, There was... You know, a lot of excitement about mm, eight or so years ago um, when I first heard about it, mm-hmm. actually. And um, whether it would be New Hampshire or Wyoming or Montana or whatever. And um, I was excited about it being New Hampshire because of people that I had met while living out in Lake Tahoe who they're all just independent, self-reliant, um, kind, uh, community-minded people. And so I was excited about the idea of coming here, thinking that not only was the Free State Project here, but I was going to be surrounded by liberty-minded people in general. And that is certainly true. 
I love my neighbors who are not members of the Free State Project, but they all are liberty minded and um you know, I'd call them pre-staters. Pre-staters. <laughs> pre-staters. The, the Free yeah. State Project is it's basically an idea to move people who care about the ideas of liberty to one state so they can have some kind of effect on that state. And, uh, there have been certainly some effects by free-staters, and, and we seem to be moving, you know, get, getting the ball rolling um, as we'd hope to. Certainly more people are welcome, to more liberty-minded people are welcome to move for the Free State Project. You can find out more at freestateproject.org. So we've been talking about sort of the financial situation here in the United States, and I, I was listening to a talk radio host today. It was uh, Neil Bortz. I have no problem naming other hosts on the sh- on the mm-hmm. show. I don't, uh, you know, some program directors will say you never name another guy on your show. It's 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 terrible. I, you know, he he was saying, and I have to agree with the guy on this aspect that he doesn't think that the country's going to be in two or three years what it is today and what it has been. I really do think that the United States has jumped the shark, um, and it has... I don't know what jump the shark means. Okay, and uh, jump the shark is a uh, colloquial term to talk about, has reached the pinnacle, has gone past its uh, its prime, as it were. In the Happy Days show, people will say that Happy Days uh, ceased to be as good as it was on the day that Fon- on the show that Fonzie jumped the shark right. on his uh, motorcycle. I see. So that is the that is the point where Happy Days ceased to be as, as good as it was. And when it certainly st- was a great I, that's show. That's when I stopped watching it. There you go. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Fonzie, Fonzie jumped the shark, and that's right. what the, the, the idea The United is. States is no longer the... Land of the free, home of the brave, the place where uh, that's a lantern for all weary souls to come and find their dream. Yeah, right. And to be able to work to work hard and, yep. and build the American dream. Yep. Uh, you know, the, you know, the the American dream is dead because the government took it. They sure. they have taxed the American dream to the point that it's no longer a dream. It's turning into a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I. You know, I mean, you look around uh, the other countries that are growing. I look at China, but I see a lot of faults in their economy, too. I, I think that like know, they're communists and well, like they have like they have they're going to they, they have a, they have abortion vans there, you know, where they drive around vans and they come and say, how many kids you got? You're pregnant with this one. We give you abortion. Come on now. Come with me. And then now they have one that's it's making uh, the uh, death penalty very efficient because they're, you know, going out and 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 uh this is how the electric chair got started in the united states it was uh, usually trotted around from community uh, to community mobile, mobile electric yeah. chair well, mobile electric chairs were initially <laughs> how mobile morbid yeah. how morbid is that i'm laughing it I was know, intended to be like a um, an execution device that they could bring from place to place it's not as uh, frankly it's not as uh, humane as the guillotine um, if you're going to look at humane execution devices i understand some people may consider that an oxymoron, but <laughs> right. as, as far as you know, the humanity of them, um, you know, guillotine's a faster thing. It's just really, really macabre. Right. So, you know, as the case may be. Let me go on with this article here. This is from uh, the uh, MyBudget360.com. The fact that $1,000 of unexpected expenses would leave many Americans gasping for financial help. Is troubling enough, but even when more, we, but even more disturbing, are the messages of how families would deal with issues that go into the debt addicted psychology of the nation. And I think that this is the this is the thing the government has sort of laid out. So many people look at the government as mommy government and you know the the model to look after. And if the government is is deeply in debt as it is, why shouldn't the rest of us be? I sure. remember two thousand and five, the Americans borrowed. Spent more than they, the Americans spent more than they made 
in 2005. Do I think that's, that, I think that's true of more than just 2005. I, I just happen to know that right. it may very well. And there's a true. negative savings rate. How can there be a negative savings rate? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Means people aren't saving. Nine percent said that they would take out a loan, assuming they could, to deal with the expense. I suppose that makes uh, a certain amount of sense. Seventeen percent would borrow from friends or family. That's a loan. Presumably, these um, family members fall into the 36 percent category that would actually have savings that would uh, deal with it because it's 36 percent. Sixty four percent couldn't even handle a thousand dollar expense. And um, another nine percent would take out a cash advance on their credit card, which is one of the worst things that you could possibly do. Twelve percent would sell a or or pawn current assets, assuming it's va- they had value of over a thousand dollars. And if this isn't troubling enough, seventeen percent would flat out disregard other month- monthly expenses. Um, welcome to our new reality for working and middle class in our nation. I, you know, this is I, I, if you have to borrow it, you're just borrowing in different ways. I mean, what else would you do if you have a thousand dollar expense that comes up that you have to pay? Usually with uh, hospital bills, they they have some kind of financing situation that you can do. You can pay it off over time. Well, but. you know, I, I ran over a nail and I had to get a new tire. But when I got one new tire, I had to get, you know, at least four. Yeah, exactly. And so there's, you know, 600 bucks or right. whatever it is, you know. And They'd love to sell you that. Well, you got to get the spare, too. <laughs> right. You run over a nail. Sorry, it's going to cost you $800. Right. So, I, I mean, any family in particular at least needs to have, I say, $1,000 per per family member of just emergency money. And that's, that's, um, that's not, I don't consider that savings. I consider that emergency money. Yeah. I, I would absolutely agree that you need to have a grand sitting around, um, you know, mm-hmm. someplace hidden, of course, especially from other family members, because if it disappears, it's likely disappearing from other, by other family members. So right. have it hidden, but you know, it's a good idea to have some, some cash on hand just that you can do something with after that, you know, I would look at, some kind of savings that because you can turn gold and silver around and sometimes, you know, you can turn it around at a, at a coin dealer and probably not make as much money as you would on, say, eBay or something like that. But on eBay, you can probably turn it around in two weeks mm. so, or at least, a, um, you know, at least two weeks, maybe a week if you had to. And, and liquidity matters. Um, you know, so, sometimes you need to have money immediately. Sometimes you need to have money, uh, you know, and you, you'll you'll know a couple of days in advance. And, and, and so those things matter. But it's, a, you know, it's a far cry from my grandparents and how they were doing their budgeting and economy, you know, in their homes and things. And of course, they had grown up during the Depression, both since my grandparents had and and um, had a, a vegetable garden as well as fruit trees and, and um, rhubarb and berries that grew in our in, yeah. in their gardens. Victory gardens are a great idea right yeah. now. Yeah. And then um, neither neither set of grandparents ever they had a credit card. For, you know, not emergencies, but it facilitates renting cars or doing, sure. you know, those things fine. But they always paid cash or or use checks. And in fact, they'd have hundreds of dollars in their in their billfold at any time. And um, I don't like to carry that kind of cash around on me just because it's, uh, you know, I mean, you can lose, you lose your wallet. They didn't or... have debit cards then. Yep. Though, I understand. You know, back right. And so in any case. And everything's, it, everything's changed. I just recently saw, I think it was a Kmart ad, but it was certainly some, uh, you know, major uh, dealer for layaway. 
When was the last time you right. heard an ad for Layaway? Wow. And I, I think used to that, love Layaway well, <laughs> myself. You know, Layaway was what they had before credit cards. Yeah. You went, you you want, you got what you wanted. You put it yep. away. You paid on it on a weekly basis until you paid it off, and then you took it away with you, That's rather right. than take it away with you and then pay it off over time at, right. at interest. Credit cards are a relatively new phenomenon on the horizon, um, and so. But 15 years ago, when uh, the market started, you know, going up, I remember some. Friends were interested in um, Qualcomm and and Google and things and and uh, they were like, well, you know, I'm, I'm maxed out. I don't have any money to do this. And so it was suggested, and they they took uh, the suggestion that they run up their credit cards and borrow against all their credit cards and use that as leverage to invest in the market. <laughs> you know, I mean, if 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 it works, it works. And I don't have a problem with things that work. And this is the reason that I have a very difficult time telling people to take out take out a mortgage on your home and buy gold and silver. But I, I'm tempted to do it myself. I would never give advice I wouldn't do, though. Free right. Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. 855-450-3733, the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Michelle. Go check out amp.freetalklive.com. The AMP program is a program that we've set up for people to uh, get benefits that would like to get them, people to be join our little club. You can get a, uh, a, a commercial-free podcast you can get a call in line the amp call in line there's several other benefits it's amp.freetalklive.com and we use the amp subscription of three dollars a month or more some people choose to pay more for the amp program to advertise market and promote free talk live spread the ideas of liberty far and wide there's no show like free talk live out there people are hearing this on 109 radio stations across america and uh, 2xm channels and the reason they're hearing it is because of the amplifiers amp.freetalklive.com also SACL CAI, if you have a company that needs to try out something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. They know that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Michelle, you wanted to talk about uh, the rise of home births? Having babies at home. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, so um, it's certainly not... Uh, very widespread. There's uh, about 1% of babies are, um, less than 1% of babies are being born at home, about 4.2 million births each year. Uh, 4.2 million? Yes. Is less than 1%? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, there's a lot of babies being born. No, no, there are 4.2 million babies being born. Okay. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So it's less than 1%. So it's about 40,000. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> um, in any case, um, 
it's less expensive and, you know, it's more comfy, et cetera. And, um, and I think it's safer given that most babies now are, it's being encouraged to have babies uh, via C-section. What, uh, and we've read stories like this, and it's it, a lot of people I don't think will even believe you when you say it, but right. apparently it's a phenomenon now that they would, the hospitals would prefer, doctors would prefer to just give C-sections rather than having your sort of normal vaginal birth. And I find this to be a disturbing trend. It's, uh, you know, it's more and more treating pregnancy as an illness rather than, a, you know, I guess a condition. Well, there's, there are several reasons for that. One is that moms want to make sure that they have their manicure and their pedicure and that they've for had what? <laughs> so that they have their fingers and toes done looking pretty for when they have that baby and that they can schedule the other children to be with, you know, grandparents and they can have, you know, all their ducks in a row. That's, that's what they claim, right? Scheduling for both mom and doctor. That makes some sense. Yes. And that the, you know, they want to make sure that their doctor that they've been with and not maybe one of the other ones that's in the practice is there to actually deliver the baby, et cetera. So that's the argument. Well, when you have a baby vaginally, then there are all these nice endorphins that are released into your body that help with the pain and also help with the recovery. They also help you forget about the pain. It's an amazing, miraculous thing, <laughs> quite frankly. And there aren't any drugs introduced into the ba- into the baby's system, mm-hmm. you know, um, if you just do it naturally. And sure. If mom gets shot up with something before yeah. the, uh, the, the, the C-section, then the baby's going to get shot up with it, too. Right. They, I mean, they've got that main line into mom's uh, circulatory system. So anything she gets, they get. Yeah. And, you know, um, my experience, I was in labor with my first child for six hours and I pushed. It's pretty quick, actually. I pushed twice. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was pretty exciting. And then, you know, the other two were kind of like that too. Like with my third and I didn't have drugs or anything with the, um, it's now that they're teenagers that I want the drugs. quite <laughs> frankly. <laughs> so anyway, um, yes. So, uh, so one of the things is they're missing out. Moms are missing out on this incredible bonding experience, you know? And, and if you, if you bring a baby into the world with the idea that it is pain-free and stress-free, how's that going to set you up for the rest of your life with that child where, Pain and and uh, pain and difficulty and working things out and laboring and I don't mean pain like you're you've cut yourself with a knife pain I mean like struggle labor and that is part of the human condition and to medicate yourself away from that I think is um is dangerous uh, well personally I you know I guess that aspect doesn't move me but what does bother me I think I think that. People like the idea of natural. Uh, that's that's big, and certainly a vaginal birth is natural, and cesare- um, C-section is not. But the uh, you know what bothers me is sort of the hospitals. Hospitals are these sort of authoritarian places where they believe that they know better than you what it is that you need, oh, and sure. they may be right. However, people want different things from their pregnancy experience. Different moms want different stuff, and. I think that they have a the hospitals have a tendency to just do whatever they're going to do and um, forget about these crazy people that are having this baby. We got to you know give them social security numbers and shoot them up full of drugs and yep. and you know whatever they give because they don't expect the, to see the baby ever again. They give them all these vaccines right out of the the gate that otherwise might have been Prick better. Their little heels and with a pin and they used to, they used to spank them. <laughs> I yeah. mean, how make stupid is that, right? But it doesn't make them breathe. And anyway, um, let's go so- to before, before we go on. Um, I want to get to. Uh, it is the show about calls, so let's uh, go to Vince in Indiana. Indiana. 
Vince? Hello, Mark. Uh, Michelle, how are you doing this evening? All right. well. What do you want to talk about? Well, you talked about a couple, of, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, about the telephone company, uh, you know, the welfare telephones. Oh, oh yes. yes, 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 the uh, cell phones. Michelle had and talked, about, talked the... about And I, I think Michelle said something about, maybe you said something about the Internet offerings. That the... Well, here it is. Okay. Oh, I, gosh. I, can I mention the company over the air? Doesn't matter to me. Expose them. Comcast is rolling out a program that offers internet access at nine ninety five a month to low-income families that meet certain requirements. This is according to a, a gentleman from the... Uh, is this a uh, government program, or is this Comcast deciding that uh, people with low incomes need to, um, you know, to, to have different rates? Because I well, guess I don't have a problem if, if for whatever Comcast reason, is- Free Talk Live wanted to offer rates to, say, not-for-profit organizations or liberty organizations or whatever at a discount over other people, I guess I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's, it's our stuff. Um, so if a business wants to, to offer it in that way, so do you know? Yeah, I understand it, but see, Comcast, like the other cable companies, are basically, uh, I guess, to get a government license. Yeah, they're, they're government. Uh, they they enjoy a government, government monopoly. GFDs. Yeah, so nine ninety five a month, and they have to meet certain guidelines, it's like the insurance phones, you know, where people are on Medicaid, SNAP. Uh, it'll be the same. It's the same program, basically, but for the cable now, or for the the internet access. Okay, so they have to be on this program to get the uh, this internet access. They have to be on this government yeah, program. Yeah, they have to be like on Social Security, disability, or you know, or uh, SNAP or the the lunch program, the National School Lunch Program. Mm. Or, they have to be poor, they, right? Yeah, they, they have, have to, to be. be they have to be poor and producing nothing, and there's not much incentive for them to produce anything because if they even produce a little bit and try to get them their themselves out of the situation there and then they're penalized by having it all taken away it's absolutely atrocious i don't know i you know i don't know about the um comcast thing that you're referring to but i wonder if it's something like what cable does here and in all other you know cities with the uh, public uh, television i know here we have cheshire tv and uh cheshire tv has public access and anyone can go in there and you know produce a show etc that's how we do free keen tv and um, and the city doesn't pay for it, but rather Time Warner does. And it's a deal that, you know, in order for Time Warner to be given the, I think it's Time Warner, maybe it's Comcast, but anyway, to be given the quote-unquote rights to to um, have cable uh, sold to, you know, private homes and businesses. The monopoly and in the area. Exactly. And, then they uh, have to offer this public access. So right. I wonder if Comcast, I'm sure they're making a deal. Also, um, the basically the town or city or what municipality has the right of way on which the poles are placed that they put the, um, upon which they string the cable. So you've got this situation, you have that added situation. That's really what they're they're getting because in many towns, there's not necessarily a monopoly. It's just that the the two companies, Time Warner and, and Comcast, basically that are left out there, uh, they don't want to fight over um, you know the a limited amount of people in a geographic area. And if they were to, then then the monopoly would come into play. Go ahead, Vince. Well, I just want to say this was also part of the article in the Indianapolis Star about scrap viewers are cutting cable. So that's what, another. What dealers thing. are? No, the people they are cutting cable services. They had 195,000 
between April and June. So people are getting rid of their cable TV? Well, sure, you can watch Hulu or whatever. You can watch yeah, television on computers. That makes sense. Thanks for the call, yeah. Vince. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Give us a call on the SACL toll-free call-in line. It's 855-450-3733. It is call in, take over the airwaves, just like uh, Fred in Michigan. Fred? Hey, guys. How's it going? How are you doing today? All's well. What'd you, what, what would you like to talk about, Fred? All right, well. Uh, I originally called about the national debt, so-called, uh, but before I address that, I just wanted to bring to your attention, and I want to thank uh, the young lady for identifying that uh, whatever municipality it was that requires uh, Comcast to pay for public access, because where I'm at, in Flint, Michigan, they discontinued that, and, and uh, I never thought of you know, like getting a petition drive going, which I'll probably do, and get a bunch of people fired up about about that very thing because, you know, there's there's quite a, a void of uncensored of factual information in this, in this little kettle, that's for sure. So um, Something you can look at. Anyway. So what's going on? Hey, so uh, that's a great idea to require the Comcast or whatever cable provider, so-called, like you guys say, it is a monopoly. We've also got an energy monopoly going on over here. All right. Um, So I don't know if you guys have done any uh, uh, checking on whether this cold fusion process is a reality, but according to what I heard, I saw a movie about that with Val Kilmer. <laughs> oh, you did? I oh, did, yeah, about 10 years ago. The Saint, it was great. <laughs> and suppose what I heard from, I don't know how accurate this is, but they interviewed the guy on Coast to Coast a few months ago, and uh, reportedly the guy had a manufacturing facility ready to go in Florida to build a commercial industrial-sized cold fusion system. So, but, um, you know, uh, gun rights is a deep concern to me. And um, I remember when I used to be an NRA member, I saw an article, it was uh, the American Rifle, and they gave you a choice, you know, which magazine you could uh, get. With okay. Subscription, so, membership. So I got the American Rifle. And I, 
I gave out the copy I had to somebody and never got it back, which I really, I really lament because the article's probably uh, online if you just look for some of the verbiage. Well, yeah, I'll do that. I don't have a computer, uh, and right now I don't have a car either. Otherwise, I'd be up there in your neck of the woods. Um, but it, it's American Rifleman, November '91, where the NRA executive director. Uh, uh, did a due diligence on militias, which were being demonized at that point in time, November 91. Sure. And uh, so he he brought out the fact that in the United States Code, just like in uh, Switzerland, the, this government, according to the United States Code, that they are to provide the current issue weapons, ammunition, and training for all able-bodied citizens. And that constitutes what they call the... Uh, secondary, or maybe unorganized, I think what you call it, the, the primary militia is the guard. Right. And then the secondary is all able-bodied people up to some age. And the government's supposed to train them to be marksmen and provide the current issue weapons and ammunition. How do you like that? They're not doing it, that's for sure. No, they're not. That's because nobody knows about it. <laughs> yeah. And I called the NRA... Over the course of two or three years, the legal department, you know, just begging for them to send me a copy of the article and even more. Hey, you know, guys, the 68 Gun Act, according to JPFO, you know, Jews for the Preservation of Farmers Ownership, Aaron Zellman and his buddies, they did a, a stellar uh, book called Gun Control Gateway to Tyranny. And I don't have the book, but I, I remember the article. That's another one I gave out. Somebody didn't return. Uh, it was Guns and Ammo, May 93. They did a, a stellar, you know, like a review of the uh, book, and that's where they show the evidence that the 68 Gun Act is a carbon copy of the Nazi Gun Act of 38. So, yeah, I've, I've heard this in the I've heard this in the past, and um, you know it's it's disturbing. All kinds of uh, you know weapons confiscations yeah. are are disturbing, and they're usually touted by people that uh, really they don't want weapons confiscated. They want weapons confiscated from civilians. They want uh, the government yeah, to yeah. have continue to have weapons. It's a it's a class struggle as far as they're concerned, um, and that's yeah. what I find the the most disturbing part about it. If you're really going to try to take away all guns, then you Let's start with the cops and the the military. That'd be an interesting place to get rid of the guns. Oh, you don't want to do that. Why? <laughs> well, they're here to serve and hey, protect I us. I gotta tell you what a a, a gun shop told me today because I I'm very active in my neighborhood here with the neighborhood watch, if you will, foot patrol at night in the wee hours, anywhere from midnight till five a.m. And uh, uh, I've had some pretty scary encounters. Uh, and so I, I called a gun shop telling them that I was thinking, you yeah, know, I need to carry something like maybe on my leg uh, at night when I'm out there uh, doing this foot patrol thing. And they said, well, uh, good luck because where you're at, if he said, if, for instance, I was aware during the day uh, and somebody saw me, some neighbor mm-hmm. or whomever in the neighborhood, all they have to do is call and complain. There was some guy walking with a gun strap to his leg, and they consider that I would be inducing a, a mob riot behavior or something like that. Mm. Oh, my. Yeah, that's what the guy said. He said, if I were you, I wouldn't even think about that during the day because, you know, all it requires is something like when uh, 
you know, that uh, corporal punishment thing kicked in and, uh, you know, all these ads on the radio. If you even suspect child abuse, call this toll-free number. Right, exactly. Or if there's some suspicious behavior even. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, somebody says, hey, there's that clown. Somebody doesn't like me or something. There's some uh, thug coming through the neighborhood and, you know, and that gunshot guy said, well, the cops will, will... Probably not cite me because in Michigan there is no law prohibiting open carry. Right, okay? but they'll and send out seen... guys with guns on their hips to take care of a guy with a gun on his hip. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, this... A fat guy with a gun on his hip <laughs> to take care of a fit man with a gun on his hip. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, uh, we don't know the condition. Well, they, told me, they told me they probably wouldn't arrest me for having the gun on my hip, but they would arrest me for uh, inciting uh, uh, mob riot. Of behavior because somebody called and was all upset. Well, yeah, well, be careful about that because what, then, then under the Patriot USA Patriot Act, you could be considered a uh, terrorist. You're, you're terrorist. Oh, that's well, all right. Fred, actually, just thing. calling in and advocating for gun rights, it, it likely you're you're a terrorist anyway, as far as the federal government's <laughs> concerned. Fred, thanks yeah, for the call. Right. You know, up here in in New Hampshire, we have um, you know, we have open carry, and it's a relatively common thing. Activists will carry, and and here in Keene, and cops do nothing about it at all. But every once in a while, a situation will happen where somebody comes up from Massachusetts. We're relatively close to the border. Two-thirds of the population in New Hampshire rests in the bottom third of the state. Right. And, you know, people from Massachusetts come up for, you know, activities to buy liquor at our uh, state liquor stores, to, to do some shopping tax in tax-free New Hampshire. This is some of the things that we sell uh, as a state. And they will come up here and they'll see somebody with a gun on their hip and they'll call the cops. They'll freak out the F out because in Massachusetts uh, only bu- government bureaucrats can carry weapons. That's so right. if they see Same somebody New York. see somebody with a right. gun on their hip uh, but not but not Vermont and I, I suspect not Maine I'm not 100% sure about what the maniacs rules are but the um, you know they'll see this and they'll call the cops and the cops are like yeah whatever you know it's no big deal shut up go back to your go back <laughs> to your life but people go into stores I, you know I've seen people open carrying in uh, local restaurants chain restaurants it's nothing unusual here nothing right. terribly unusual it's unusual but not terribly unusual 855-450-FREE People ask me, Tim, why did you start VerbalSurgery.com? Well, it's easy. I started making these podcasts to make you feel better right now. That's right. From the tops of the Himalayas to the bottom of the deepest seas. That's right. These broadcasts go out to everywhere on the planet and most importantly, deep inside of your brain to make you feel better right now. And isn't that what it's all about? VerbalSurgery.com. Check it out today. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-FREE. Ruger's new SR-40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol. 
It's one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frames as those used in so many great Ruger pistols, including the SR40, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, amnidextrous controls, the SR40C, Features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or an alloy steel slide with Nitrodox Pro Black's finish. You can see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. Ruger.com. Give give us a call. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. 855-450-FREE. The sickle toll-free call-in line. But here's an article that I found to be rather interesting. This is from computing.co.uk. IBM unveils chips that mimic the human brain. IBM has unveiled a new experimental computer chip that that they say mimics the human brain in that it perceives, acts, and even thinks. In terms, the machines um, it, it it terms the machines built with these chips cognitive computers, claiming that they are able to learn through experience, find patterns, generate ideas, and understand outcomes. In building this new generation of chip, IBM combined principles of nanoscience, neuroscience, and supercomputing. It's been awarded a $21 million of new funding by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. DARPA's got their money into everything for the new phase of the project, which it terms as uh, systems of neuromorphic adaptive plastic scalable electronics or synapse. You know, of course, they come up first. They come up with the uh, the uh, what is it? A, a logarithm? The, the, the what's the word for when they put the letters the, the initials, I guess, um, the they first they come up with that and then they fill the words in around it. So this one's called an acronym. The acronym. That's the word. I, I was missing it in my mind. But uh, you just stepped into the studio, Michelle, and IBM has unveiled a new experimental computer chip that they, they say mimics the human brain in that it perceives, acts, and even thinks. This is a major innovative uh, initiative to move beyond the von Neumann paradigm that has been ruling computer architecture for more than a half century, says Duramendra Moda, project leader for IBM Research. Moda added the chip may see applications in business, science, and government. Uh, I'm certainly going to in business. I mean, you're talking about a chip that – a computer that thinks like a human. This is kind of the the singularity that uh, we've talked about on the show a a few times, which is the idea that uh, at some point in the relatively near future, in decades, man and machine will fuse. And the – How very transformers are very – what is the Arnold Schwarzenegger? I'll be back. Terminator? Yeah, very, how very Terminator. Uh, it's, it, it, it kind of is all these dystopian futures where machines and, and humans uh, you know, collide. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, are humans a, a larval form of a machine race, an, an immortal machine race? Maybe. Are they really going to see an enhancement in their lives actually through machinery? That seems more likely to me. I mean, machines up to this point have always been just enhancements for us. Uh, once you can build a, a mind that can think faster, they were uh, what was uh, the the Ray Kurzweil, the the guy that sort of the big thinker that uh, this whole singularity thing centers around, had suggested that it was going to be twenty twenty before computers were as smart as people, and that the um, Moore's that'll law, never happen. That computers will be as smart as people. No. Okay. Well, um, this you is still the, need, you still need human minds to program them. 
Well, the, the suggestion here is that maybe you don't. Um, IBM says they're unveiling a new experimental computer chip that mimics the human brain and that it perceives, acts, and even thinks. So maybe, but maybe not. Uh, the claim is by guys that do this stuff that um, computers, A, uh, are the, the memory and, and computing power of a computer increases every eh, 16 months or so at this point. And they're predicting 2020 that they'll have a computer as smart as a human, which, of course, means in 2021 and four months that they'll have a computer that's twice as smart as a human and doesn't sleep. And then 16 months after that, they'll have one that is four times and then eight times. And, and you know, we're talking pretty quickly that something can that can, you know, control compu- uh, arms and put together stuff and make new robot bodies in which our brains can be or our consciousness can be transmitted these immortal bodies that will never die um the the suggestion is that the the first immortal human has already been born and these are very the first interesting immortal human mm-hmm. well, I th- i'm immortal i'm well, eternal being i meant um but no, but not as a human you're not right okay i so, see i see i see what you're um, saying yes w- one's uh one's you know faith and and philosophical beliefs surrounding religion um uh, are, are kind of uh it actually it's going to challenge this in a great in a lot of ways you can imagine some people that uh, believe some of their religious uh, stuff in a fundamental way are going to say that the idea that humans may uh, you know uh, break the mortal coil is going to be you know blasphemous to god or allah whomever it is that they they believe that it's going to be blasphemous towards and this is going to create a lot of situations i don't know what that's going to happen but it's not going to stop science science is going to uh, continue to march forward these chips are another significant step in the evolution of computers from calculators to learning systems signaling the beginning of a new generation of computers and their applications in business science and government now this is the other thing about computers i think that they could very well break us free from the paradigm of government as it exists today there, you know, there really hasn't been a new institution in the ideas of government since, I guess, socialism or communism. Um, you know, they haven't they haven't tried anything beyond socialism at this point. And that's you know, that's a hundred year old broken system that didn't work. It's really it was really just government 2.0, government getting into more stuff than it had gotten into in the past. So I think that when and, and government is traditionally tried tied to a landmass. When you're talking about people being able to zip their minds. So seasteading is the answer. (laughs) It could be. Um, It could be. But people's minds being able to zip across the Internet and do all these other things, they'll be much more mobile. If, for instance, my consciousness is uploaded to the Internet and my body has withered and died, but I can have a computer body, maybe I can rent one over in Moscow. I want to take the day, you know, going to Moscow and seeing some of the old sites or whatever. I just zip on the uh, World Wide Web over to Moscow, get a new computer body and walk around there. How are governments going to be able to handle people being able to move from one place to another like this? They can't they they won't have the monopoly on a landmass anymore. So governments will need to transmorph into something where they actually provide service for people rather than just being tyrannical organizations. I'm, you know, interested in in what would Result is um, what's going to be a result here. IBM states that the chips, while certainly not biological, are inspired by architecture of the human brain in their design. Digital silicon circuits make up what it terms as the neurosynaptic core. 
Scientists have built two working prototype designs. Both cores contain 256 neurons with one large number of uh, programmable synapses and the other with uh, a lot of learning synapses. (laughs) The team has uh, successfully demonstrated simple applications like navigation, machine vision, pattern recognition, and associative memory and classification. Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources and a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. If you're a cigarette smoker, I was too for many years. You know that cigarettes are going to kill you. There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. And it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. No smoke at all. You can use it just about anywhere. There's free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cardamizers using coupon code FTL. What that means is you buy 40 of these cardamizers and the little things that contain the nicotine and the, um, the, the stuff that makes it turn, turn into vapor. And you'll get a free starter kit. That's the actual the, 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 the device that sort of heats up and, and makes these things work. It doesn't get hot in your hand, but it does vaporize the Is it the, the thing content. you suck? Um, the the cardamizer is actually the thing on the end. It's kind of like the filter of the cigarette. It looks like the filter. Okay. But uh, the way this works is it kind of goes in and then comes back out. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> it's a, that's what she said. Joke. <laughs> Go see it at vaporsmiths.com. Pick one up if you are a smoker. This is a much better way to get your nicotine. I'm not talking about giving up the 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 stuff you enjoy to do, but. Do it in a healthier way. Vaporsmiths.com. You can call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Let's go to Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson? Hey, so I've had this conversation a couple times um, with various people, and I have read uh, Kurzweil's books. And I'd like to explain how exactly uh, artificial intelligence will eventually be smarter than human beings. You're going to tell us how how the future is going to occur, huh? Well, do you have a crystal that. ball? I just want to know, like, how do I, how no, I do I? How I can explain it. I can, what it is, is a common misunderstanding. And oh. here's how it'll work. Okay? Well, it's common because it's amongst us humans that aren't so intelligent, right? No, it's, what it is. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm well, kidding. Maybe, go on. Go on. That, that might be it. <laughs> but uh, I just think it's because a lot of people don't understand how computers work when it, they start getting into the really complicated levels because it becomes sort of complicated. <laughs> I know so, how to turn uh, it on. Yeah, exactly. So, um, basically, if you've, if you've ever seen a computer game or you've seen software and science classes, you understand that computers can run physics simula- simulations, right? Yeah, sure. They can make Where it look they, like a ball can bounce on the screen. Right, and it can have a random outcome. Well, if you think about it, the human brain is all these physical processes, right? So it's basically the same sort of thing. So what you can do 
is you can have a computer that can then simulate what is going on in an individual brain cell, right? All those chemical processes. Makes sense. Then running a simulation, okay. right? So then if you're stimulating a network of cells on and on and on as the computer's power becomes more uh, powerful, so what happens is you're running a simulation program that can generate thought. Okay. Yeah, it makes so sense. Now, now, do you, now do you understand how a computer will eventually be able to think like a human being and... Like a human being, but not... But identical to... It's, it's a simulation that is generating thoughts identical to what a human being's thoughts would be. And then eventually that simulation will be able to run faster than a human being's level of capability of thought. <laughs> I, 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 you know, so this is what I, this is the way I understand it, Johnson. What your your explanation makes it clear for me, but at the same time, I know the computers are getting better and better as time goes by, and the Moore's law, which originally said the computer uh, memory and, and computing will double every two years, has really gone down to eighteen months. And I suspect since we've been saying that on air here for five years, we're probably talking about sixteen or seventeen months now. Um, that. You know, I don't have to understand why computers will get as smart as humans, that they just will get smarter than humans. And it doesn't matter, you know, like that part really doesn't matter as to whether or not I understand how it's true. It just has to be true. They're getting smarter all the time. Okay, but the, the, okay, but see, this, the problem is there, Mark, is that a lot of people have this belief that that's not possible, that it's never possible for a computer to think like a human because machines are machines and that's the way machines work. And what they're not really taking into account is that machines can simulate reality by, you know, software that, that does simulations of actual physical processes. And but that's how... Who's that, to say that humans think better than machines would if machines were smarter? I mean, you know, it may, they may come up with a process that's even smarter than the way that the brain works. This would sure, just allow they, them to simulate the way brains work, right? Why, the reason why human thinking is sort of better in its, in its biological form or, or the way it is now and, and the reason why it would need to be a simulation um, is because the way binary code works and the way machine programming works now is not – there's no sort of um, biological imperative, which means that human beings are able to make decisions in, in any sort of – We have a limbic system. Yeah, exactly. Intelligent beings have to make decisions because you have a preference. And, and machines would get stuck. In other words, they'd get stuck. A lot of people like to say that, you know, like the Terminator, you know, they say that a machine, you can't, you know, you can't have emotions in an android, right? Well, in order for a being to be intelligent, it has to have emotions. Because emotions are what allow you to not get stuck, you know, when you like you walk into a room and you have to go through one door or another to get out and you have to choose, not only you know, that but we have sensory we have sensory perceptions that um that you know affect our 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 decision making as well so even if you know something can be rational or irrational but at the time if there's a, a bad odor in the room then you make a different set of there's a different uh, matrix of decisions you know what i mean sure. It's a little bit more. I just, I, I just love the human brain, and I love the human body, and and how complicated and amazing it is, and and uh, I'm, I'm going to go for even, go for that even one. Even though with abstract decisions, like if you were, if a machine were to get, you know, if a machine didn't have any sort of emotions, it would get stuck. If you put it in a room and you said, "Okay, you get to leave this room through the left door or the right door, and don't give them any other parameters," right? 
And a machine, you know, if they didn't have any emotions or weren't able to just form a preference based on, like, random selection or whatnot, the machine would never leave the room because it wouldn't be able to say, I don't know which door should I go through. But a human being would just pick one. You know, I, th- like- I think the real important question here, Johnson, over uh, you know the, the sort of computer science is, how old is the oldest person that's going to live forever? Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Oh, that now that you would have to, we'd have to go back and replay the archive with Doctor Aubrey de Grey, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it does, does he really line? know? I, you know, d- d- I Ray, know, Ray Kurzweil, he's saying that it's uh, what twenty forty five is the date. If you make it to twenty forty five, then you'll probably live forever or something like that. Is that is that what he's claiming? I sure hope so. <laughs> I mean, but I don't know. You know, would I you want to live forever? Do. Really? Yes. Seriously? Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm getting chin hairs, gray hairs, saggy oh, boobs. You I won't mean, have that body no, anymore, Michelle. Oh, I get, I get a new yeah. body? Yeah, it's, it's, it'll, yeah. It's, it'll be even more rocking than the one that you've got. <laughs> yeah, way, way more. <laughs> Nanotechnology and But the, the unfortunate is part is everybody will have one. Right. <laughs> so so if everyone is hot, then there's really, the, the, there is no hot. Dr. Aubrey de Grey's vision of the future is that everyone essentially looks like they're about 25, um, you know, if, as long as they're not a child, but that, uh, you know, most people grow up and you stop aging around the age of 25 or so, and then everyone looks 25 for you know, thousands of years. I, th- I think that you probably hit computer bodies before, uh, you know, or excuse me, robot bodies before that. And some people will will opt for that. So I don't know what they'll well, be doing. Robot bodies might be a collection of nanites that look identical to being human. Could be. <laughs> Johnson, thanks for the call. See ya. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Sam in Texas. Sam? Hey, guys. Uh, Y'all were talking about the markets earlier, and I wanted to add a few data points to that. Um, A great website that's fairly technical called Zero Hedge has a lot of good articles and stories that they collect from around the Internet. And what they're pointing out is that this... The way the stock market is acting and the things that are unfolding now is very much mirroring the crash of 2008. Chavez is calling back 6 million ounces of gold from London. They've probably sold it. So we may see a very big short squeeze as well as uh, Bank of America be the first one to go down. Just Sam, like if, you've got more, hold, if you've got more, just hold on a second here. 855-450-FREE. Five five four five zero three seven three three eight fifty five four fifty free. It's the SACL toll free call in line. How big is the U.S. debt crisis really? 
economics professor Anthony Davies illustrates the size of the U.S. federal government's debt and unfunded obligations uh, as broken down versus the GDPs of countries around the world and, um, you know, d- different sort of, uh, you know, ratings on this this uh, bar graph. And it is amazing video to see. You need to see it. Your friends and family need to see this video. It's one minute and 18 seconds long. You will be amazed. It is stupefying. When you're there, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link on the right. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education and economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. It's learnliberty.org. Go see this video. Get your family to watch this video. Post this video on your Facebook. It's an amazing, important video. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. Let's go back to Sam in Texas. Sam? Hey, guys. So okay, tell so, tell us what you were talking about there with regarding the market. Yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing with the the dollar and the U.S. economy and the uh, U.S. government is really like Uncle Sam's on the emergency room table. Um, he's gone flatline again, and the Fed's there with their shock panels going, "All right, QE three clear," and they, you know, then they get another pulse and they come out and say, "Hey." This is a recovery, folks. See, everything's fine. You know, it, we've actually been in recovery since summer of last year. Y'all just don't know it. And this is what they're expecting people to believe. But the the cracks are starting to show. And there's um, one of the examples with Bank of America. Uh, all of the global banks have had their stocks really hammered. There are over 30 stock exchanges that are down uh, 20% from their 2011 highs. So the markets are really turning down on all of this bad news. The euro uh, zone is about to break up because of, you know, Spain and Greece and Italy and so forth. I mean, things are really getting pretty dire, and it doesn't look like they're going to be able to hold it off for much longer. Yeah, the the prediction of the second recession, it wasn't very popular a few months ago, but it is getting a lot more popular now. Now, certainly popularity and people talking about it doesn't make it true, but... You know, what evidence do we have that there's a recovery? If there's not a recovery, a recession, you know, it's, you've really got a choice of recovery, flatline, or recession. And we've kind of been, the stimulus package is, is over. And it did a little something. I mean, you're right. It, it absolutely gave a little, a little shock to the system. But, you know, Uncle Sam's still lying there dead and, and continuing to do the same things he's done that got him there, whether it's eating red meat or drinking alcohol or whatever the term is you wish to to do. It's not like he's changed his patterns in any way um, that would cause some kind of change. So I suspect that a double a double dip recession, I think we might very well see it, Sam. What, what do you suggest people do? And this is going to wake up the masses to the idea of precious metals and as a store of value. And so we've already seen them start to go up. Uh, the central banks have bought more in, uh, I think, 2011 or 2010 than they have. But, you know, they all broke records for how much they purchased that year. Uh, China's been buying, India's been buying not just gold but also silver. And now today, Hugo Chavez uh, announced that he's going to be calling back uh, all of the gold that, that his country has stored around the world to be kept locally. And he has 6.8 million ounces, 17,400 ounce gold bars that are supposedly in London, which I'm guessing they would be at the LBMA, who has probably sold, optioned, or leased all of that gold out 
So they don't yeah. have it, and it's going to create the short squeeze I see. where they're going to have to go out in the market and buy. Chavez would be just the kind of guy that would have no problem going and doing that to uh, to one of these right. banks, too. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all these other guys seem to be in bed with them. And I'm not by me by no means am I a fan of Chavez, but uh, I mean one can't say that he's not an individual and uh, you know thinks uh, sort of on his own. What you've you seen, mean he's tired of the United States being a uh, a bully to yeah, the rest of the world. To him. And I think he's a bully, too. He's a would-be bully, um, certainly where he's at. But uh, the fact is, silver and gold have both seen increases over the last few hours here. And uh, I I tend to agree. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com. I know Midas Resources has gold and silver that you can buy as an individual. Maybe maybe Chavez will have to get his gold from them. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Sam, thanks for the call. Let's go to... Captain Ned in Florida. Captain Ned? Hey, free Ian Freeman. Day number 11. It's, it's day, nope, day 12, day 10, captivity. excuse me. It, well, it's day 9 of captivity, I believe. I don't know. I th- maybe, I'm going to have to redo the math, but I've, my note here says that it's day 10. I, well, anyway, in honor of that, I picked uh, two five. You'll like this, Mark. Uh, hi, Michelle. Hi. Uh, I picked uh, two five-gallon buckets of heirloom tomatoes from my from my newly christened Freeman garden. <laughs> took, them to the, took them to the local park, accompanied by a couple of my faithful Dobermans, and I handed them out to the homeless. And Mark, the Dobermans love it when you do your German voice, man. That's all they speak. In German, <laughs> <so>. Anyway, <laughs> hey, that was a great call from Sam, and the owl guys can like this. Once again, the Bank of England rears its ugly reptilian head in the news. This is going to be interesting. He's he's on he's on to that gold thing, and uh, you had a great call from the guy from Michigan, the, which uh, I, I'm glad you let him on and let him go develop it, because it turned into a very interesting call about the militia. And back in the day, on the opening day of gun deer season up in Michigan, yep, which is high powered rifle, that is the seventh largest standing army in the world, and I'm sure it's still right up there. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that so many people will go to the Midwest, Michigan, and, and Wisconsin and places like that to do their hunting when, you know, most states have deer. Why, why do folks go there to do their hunting? Well, up in Michigan, man, they're like rabbits and squirrels. They're just everywhere. There's I mean, lots of them. Some, yeah, it's, there's lots of them. But that is, and, and you know what, and that's, the, that's the citizens of several states. That's a sedentary, unorganized militia that the founding fathers envisioned. That is it, man. It's heavily armed, armed to the teeth, and that's what keeps these guys at bay. And I hope I'm wrong, but like I said last night, I think it's it's getting near that time, so it's going to be interesting times. But I hey, don't, great, you know, great show. Thank you, uh, Captain Ned. Uh, hey, thanks for talking about the Amero, Michelle. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> that warms my heart when you're bringing up that North American Union. And just the other day, Chairman Obama was talking about the SPP. He mentioned Security and Prosperity Plan. That's what that North American Union is. There's going to be nothing secure or prosperous about any of that if he, if they put it into effect. And George W. Bush wanted that in by 2010. You know, it always so, makes right me wonder there, why politicians, like for instance in Canada and Mexico, why would they put up with the combining of essentially the three countries? They have to know that they're not going to, uh, that well, the United States is the big kid on the block and they're going to take their um, lunch money and all that stuff. Why would those, well, those politicians it, give up their sovereignty? When you brought that up earlier, it was very interesting because I jumped right on that. They're not going to have any choice. Now, they're going to open those borders. It's going to become one big country. The United States of America will be dissolved if they get their way. 
Now, all that's standing in the way is a redneck nation. And like I said about Michigan, man, they're, they're up, they're, they're here. The unorganized militia is ready and able. Well, I, I don't know that the, you know, what I've seen from the Hunter guys is many of the times, this, I'm just drawing from my own experiences, you're talking about guys that, uh, on, you know, in, in my fire department and stuff, many of them are uh, government bureaucrats, and I don't know that they always understand very, really well these ideas of liberty. Many of them get their paychecks from government organizations, and, you know, they... The fire department's not as bad as, like, the police department. I, I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree, um, you know... Well- there's a lot of us, I don't want to cut you off, but there's a lot nope. of us rednecks. We're not bureaucrat employed, okay? We're citizens of several states united, as pointed out in the Constitution. And one more quick thing, if you'll entertain this, if all your local uh, broadcasting, you guys, every, all you guys 18 through 25, you probably notice a big push from Selective Service to register. You know, they're insulting these guys. They're threatening them with jail time. They say, you know... You've got to, you know, you've got to register for the selective service. Also, remember to register for your classes in college. They're insulting these guys' intelligence. Get them ready for this big selective service push, which is coming. And if you remember when Obama ran for president, he said they're going to they're going to have a Citizen. what he called a, a civilian security force That's on right. par with our army as and as well as that big and as well funded for. and as powerful. Those are the terms exactly. he used. And when I called last night about that's what they're going to use to attempt to disarm the public. That is, and if you pull that selective service thing up at the post office, it's a three. It's like a big postcard pulls out three ways. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, on the front end, I'm looking at a dollar bill. It's got the same all-seeing eye with an inverted pyramid. Like I said, these guys are into symbolism on the front. But when you open the when you open this up and re- read it. There's 21 categories of who must register. I should have known uh, the Illuminati was involved. <laughs> well, now, now, you, you know you, you know what, but, but look at it. We're going to have to pick this up next week. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Free Talk Live. 